going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy. This time it's the AFC East that we're going to be talking about. But first, we do have some news that we need to get caught up on in the world of the NFL. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety-slash-cornerback for the Lions, was carted off the field last week. Seems like it might not be that severe, but we're kind of wait-and-see mode at this point in time. Seems like that one was a scare that they avoided. However, the Miami Dolphins had a scare that was turned out to be much worse. Jalen Ramsey, cornerback, is out for probably most of the regular season, it sounds like, with a torn meniscus. He's already had surgery on it. They said six to eight weeks, but it, everything that's coming out afterwards sounds like it's going to be more like December before he's back. As far as fantasy redraft mode, probably steer clear of him. And if you're even talking about dynasty, you might be out of luck even holding on. He's an older corner, could be tough. He has been in the top five the last few years, so you hate to see it in the preseason. Again, the Dolphins just traded for him, too, so didn't get much of a return on the investment at this point in time. Hopefully he heals up, and if they are in a playoff run, he's there. But as far as fantasy is concerned, he is O-U-T out of any draft boards that I have. With that being said, and we are talking about the Miami Dolphins, let's go ahead and just dive in to the Miami Dolphins with my breakout player for the AFC East Miami Dolphins. That is Jalen Phillips, defensive end slash linebacker slash edge, one of those in-betweener guys. Defensive line is where you're going to play him if he's eligible. And this guy is my dark horse defensive MVP for this year. I think he's got all of the, all the keys to success are lining up for this dude. He's coming into his third year in the league, and he's been a solid D lineman for fantasy and for real life, but nothing crazy. He did drop from eight and a half sacks as a rookie to seven last season, but he went from 42 tackles as a rookie to 61, so a little bit of positive movement there. Now the Dolphins have Vic Fangio coming into the, the defense as the defensive coordinator. They paid good money to bring him in. And what is he very, very good at? Outside linebacker rush packages. Yes. So he'll do nothing but help Phillips with his development and with his capability of getting after the passer with opportunity after opportunity. And here's the reason why he's my dark horse, not just for a breakout player in fantasy, but MVP for the defensive side of the ball for all of the NFL. If you go ahead and take a look past his stats, because they don't always tell the real story. So past the stats that people really know, right? Tackles, sacks, that kind of stuff. He had seven and a half sacks, but he was top 10 in the league in quarterback pressures. Top six in the league in quarterback knockdowns and top 10 in QB hurries. What's all that mean? He's getting to the quarterback. He's just a minute second late. All signs point to Phillips being a dominant pass rush force this season. Having Bradley Chubb across from him for an entire offseason of getting the scheme, which he already knows Bradley Chubb or uh, Vic Fangio's theme 
scheme. Still having Zach Sealer and Christian uh, Wilkins up front as well as some good corners. Yes, Jalen Ramsey getting hurt does hurt that a little bit, but one of the top 10 cornerbacks in coverage last year, according to player uh, PFF, Cater Kohu, undrafted rookie last year. So you still have Xavier Howard and Cater to try to hold down the force. I think he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to be a game-changing type of player for your fantasy team. So Jalen Phillips is my dark horse MVP, but my breakout player for the Miami Dolphins, absolutely. My bust player is Zach Sealer, defensive lineman. Listen, Zach took another step forward last year, moving from 62 total tackles to 70 total tackles, from two sacks to three and a half sacks. Points to more of the same, right? Well, maybe not. Vic Fangio's defense comes to town, and this could alter things a bit. Sealer's done all of his positive fantasy presence in the basically the Flores defense, because if you remember last year, the Dolphins' defensive coordinator stayed on to work with uh, Mike McDaniel after Brian Flores left. So it was the same defense last year that Zach Seiler has been so dominant in. Well, that's gone. So we have to really look at Vic Fangio's defense and understand how this could change things. So I look at Zach Sealer as as a comparison to a defensive tackle slash defensive end in Vic Fangio's defense in Denver, Derek Wolf. Now, with the exception of Wolf's seven-sack season in 2019, which was an anomaly, he was a cog in the defensive wheel for the Fangio defense. And Sealer's not a sack guy. He'll get he'll get one in a while, you know. He's not, but he's not going out there dominating the D or the O line to get to the quarterback. He's going to be a great team guy, but he should drop down to the 30-40 tackle range this season, which if you're playing D lineman is not even worth it at all as a D tackle that doesn't get sacks. And if it's a D tackle only, you could find better better people out there. You still got Christian Wilkins that's on this line that I think is going to be dominant. And then you got Bradley Chubb, you got Jalen Phillips, you got Emmanuel Ogba coming back. So there's so many other people that are going to be trying to get after the quarterback that Zach Sealer is just going to be the guy that's going to be stopping the run and playing smart defense. Great football player, great player for the Dolphins, not a great player for your fantasy team this year. Don't get caught in the hype that he has had the last couple years. New defensive scheme changes everything. Now, my player to watch for the Miami Dolphins is David Long, linebacker. He signed this offseason from the Tennessee Titans. And I'll be honest, when this signing happened, very excited about Long's possibilities. I have since settled down from some of that hype and really looked into how this is going to fit especially since news came out of Andrew Van Ginkle, linebacker typically on the outside for the Miami Dolphins, is now moving to the inside. More competition for them. It happened after the signing of David Long, so maybe they haven't been as impressed with what they've seen. David Long didn't sign a significant contract either. There's a lot of things that points to maybe pumping the brakes a little bit 
on David Long. Don't get me wrong. He's in my players to watch because he could have a chance to be the best interior linebacker fantasy-wise for this team. But as I said, there's still Andrew Van Ginkle that's moved to the inside to compete with. There's Jerome Baker, who's been a stalwart on this team for years. There's Channing Tindall, last year's draft pick, that could be getting more and more opportunities to play. So keep an eye on the depth chart for this one and maybe grab him before week one just to see how this defense comes out. The next team we're going to look at is the New York Jets. A lot of hype on the offensive side of the ball this year. But what's the defense looking like? Well, we both know the defense was solid last year. Was not the reason that they stopped winning games, that's for sure. But my breakout player for this Jets defense is going to be Quincy Williams, linebacker. Williams has had back-to-back pretty solid years, 110 tackles and 106 tackles the past two years. They signed him to a new contract this offseason. Not a a massive deal, but one that tells you, hey, we want you on our team. And I expect more tackles and more time on the field for Quincy. We all know that this is probably the last year of C.J. Mosley with the Jets, an aging linebacker on a massive contract. Unless he's willing to take a massive pay cut next year, he's probably gone. And Williams garners more value in a dynasty IDP league than he even does in redraft. But in redraft, I think he's going to be a very solid, going to get you five to ten tackles a week with some big plays mixed in there. This defense should be in positive game scripts, possibly getting some more big plays out there. That might hurt him a little bit on tackles, but I think he's absolutely going to stay above 100, no problem. I'd expect even to see that number rise, in all honesty. But as far as overall focus on the linebacker core, this is a guy that I would target. C.J. Mosley will fall down in redrafts just because of age, and you might take a chance on him. But if I'm looking at any type of dynasty situation, Quincy Williams is the guy that I want in this Jets linebacking room. Next player that we're going to talk about is the bust player, and this is Sauce Gardner, cornerback. Listen, it's not because he's not good. It's because he's too good. He is locked in as a bona fide shutdown corner. It's great for the Jets, bad for your fantasy team. Sauce will have the respect he deserves coming into this year, his second year in the league, and he will not be tested nearly as often. I don't expect a repeat of 20 passes defended. No way. Because he won't get that many passes thrown towards him. A case where the player's too good to matter to fantasy. Cornerback is the only position that's like this. But it is what it is. You can't make tackles if you're covering the guy so well they don't throw it to him. So do yourself a favor. Don't expect him to have high IDP numbers and go with a corner that sucks a little bit more than he does. Somebody that's kind of mediocre down the list. My player to watch for the Jets is a little bit different. It's the defensive ends. It's tough to choose which one, whether it's Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson, or newly drafted Will McDonald. 
One could become a very solid every week player. Or it could be a big time rotation. I'm willing to take a chance on McDonald because we haven't seen him yet. But if you're in a dynasty league, I want you to remember that Jermaine Johnson, last year first round draft pick, is still younger than Will McDonald, the fourth this year's first round draft pick. And Carl Lawson did not look like himself coming off a of massive injury the year before. Last year, he just kind of looked like a guy. And if he continues to look like that, he could get cut before the season starts. He could be the guy left out of the rotation. But if he starts to get better, he could be the guy to own. It's a tough room to look at, but they're in my players to watch because I'm going to be starring all of them and seeing how they start the season. Checking out the snap percentages, checking out the, you know, who's starting, who's getting the reps, and who's getting, you know, to the quarterback best. Moving on to the Patriots. I'm going to talk about the breakout player, and this is Josh Uche, Uche, linebacker, defensive lineman for the Patriots. He uh, underwhelmingly or quietly had 11 and a half sacks last year. Honestly, I was surprised to see that. I know he had a couple boom games that you know probably had five of those 11 and a half in them, but I was still surprised to see that it was that many. Uche's a talented guy that knows how to get to the quarterback. The issue has been health and playing time. Last year, even though we had 11 and a half sacks, Uche never played more than 50% of the snaps. On the year, he only played 379 snaps, which is just minuscule compared to some of the other linebackers in the league and defensive ends in the league. So I'd expect that number to jump up for Uche and that should help increase his tackle numbers, which should help out his consistency. Do I think he'll, do I think he'll get more than 11 and a half sacks this year? No, probably not. Could he do 11 and a half again? Yeah, he could. Absolutely. But if he can double his tackle numbers just by being on the field when it's not a passing rush, pass rush down, then you actually have somebody you feel good about every week and not an absolute best ball darling that that's the only league you can draft him in. If Uche gets more playing time, Uche will be a every-week starter in this league. Next player we're going to look at is our bust candidate, and that is Jonathan Jones, cornerback. He had a heck of a season last year, and he was 69 tackles, four picks, and one of those going to the house. But he finds himself in a bit of a tough spot competing with Jack Jones, Jalen Mills, and the newly drafted first-round Draft pick, Christian Gonzalez. Personally, I think it'll take a, a season of Jonathan Jones playing nickel in order for him to come close to maintaining his points per game. That's why, for me, I have him as a fade this year, and it's not be worth his draft capital. I think that Christian Gonzalez has a chance to surprise people, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a crapshoot this year. We've had... A few good years in a row with J.C. Jackson before uh, Jonathan Jones helping give you good cornerback production out of the Patriots. We could still have that. I just don't know who it's going to be this year. My gut leans Christian Gonzalez because I think he's going to be tested the most. 
but it's it's tough to say that Jonathan Jones is going to repeat with this much competition against him. And that takes me to the player to watch, which is Christian Gonzalez. Listen, this guy's long, fast, from a corner from Oregon. And he was taken in the first round after the Jets basically, or sorry, the Patriots traded back to screw the Jets out of getting the offensive lineman that they wanted by trading with the Steelers and still probably getting the guy that they were going to take in that spot. Gonzalez is coming in as a stellar zone cornerback, and he's going to a team that was in the top five as far as running zone defenses last year. What's that mean? It's a great fit. It's a great fit. His his talents fit what Bill Belichick's defense wants to do. Now, Gonzalez is not the biggest tackling fan. He'll do it, but he's not something that he seeks out. He's not going to try to go, you know, bone-crushing hits. He'll get his tackles and he'll put his nose down, but you can tell that it's not his it's not why he plays the game. He plays a game because he he's very good at defending the ball. He's fantastic at breaking towards the ball, pass defenses, interceptions and big playability. That's where his specialties lie. And I'm willing to grab Gonzalez in a rookie dynasty draft and feel that he will have a more of a longevity um, compared to other rookie corners due to the zone pass defense scheme the Patriots run. As long as they keep running that defense, there's going to be more opportunities for Gonzalez to get tackles and interceptions than a man-to-man shutdown corner like Sauce Gardner. So Christian Gonzalez is my player to watch. The final team is the Buffalo Bills. My breakout player for this team is Taylor Rapp, safety. Coming over from the Rams, Rapp has been a consistent tackling machine, pretty much averaging 100 tackles as a safety every year. He hits on the big plays every now and then as well, so that helps. And as we're, long as we're talking about tackling machines, with tackling machine Tremaine Edmonds, leaving town, there's going to be more opportunities that for safeties to get to the ball carrier due to not having that kind of a force in the middle of your defense. Jordan Poyer's still here. But, in my opinion, Rapp will end the season as the tackling crown between these two safeties. And that brings us to my bus player, and a little bit like the Jets... My bus player is whatever linebacker that takes Edmund's spot by the end of the uh, preseason. Everyone's trying to figure out who's going to take Tremaine Edmonds' role on the defense. Who's going to be the guy that gets 130, 140 tackles by taking Tremaine Edmonds' spot. Newsflash, they won't be Tremaine Edmonds. Matt Milano is the only linebacker I'm drafting because I think the other spot has a high chance of being a complete rotation or they'll continue to try someone else if one guy fails. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're not trying to wait around on a guy to figure it out. I am surprised that they didn't bring somebody in that's a little bit of a seasoned veteran to play this role. But in my opinion, I would rather avoid it completely for someone more consistent and has a more defined role at this point in time. Whenever the defensive coordinator is talking about three or four different guys that could be this role, I don't, I don't feel good about that. So Matt Milano or nothing else. 
Now, finally, my player to watch is another linebacker, but not an interior linebacker. No, it's Leonard Floyd, linebacker. Another guy that came over from the Rams, followed Von Miller. Taylor Rapp followed Von Miller. A little bit of Rams situation. Rams East is what we see that's going on here. But as far as Leonard Floyd is concerned, he's kind of a ho-hum linebacker that had a good run in L.A., but was mediocre in Chicago for the four years prior to that. If he isn't D-line eligible, don't even bother with him. Doesn't get enough tackles, and he doesn't get enough sacks to make you feel like he's going to be a valuable asset when you play him at linebacker and you're competing with the likes of a Bobby Wagner or Foyasade Loken. But if he does have D-line eligibility, then I might be intrigued. I'll at least keep an eye on him. In my opinion, he's still not roster-worthy unless Vaughn Miller can't start the season due to his last-year injury. And even then, he could be <coughs> excuse me, could be a quick-cut candidate on your fantasy team. So keep an eye on him in case he pops. But more than likely, he's just going to be another guy in their rotation. The Shaq Lawson, you know, with Vaughn Miller at this point in his career, Leonard Floyd, A.J. Epinesa, just feels like it's going to be a, a lot of rotating guys in there. And I'm not really wanting to be part of that. They're going to go with a philosophy that the Eagles kind of went with probably. That's what they've been trying to do the last couple of years. Great for real NFL, not great for your your uh, dynasty, your redraft IDP teams. So keep that in mind when you're looking at how these teams are playing. Take a look at what they did snap percentage-wise last year. Doesn't matter who the players were last year. It matters what position they were in, and are they willing to keep them in the whole game, or are they rotating people through? So that's it. That's the AFC East. We're going to continue this march through the AFC for the next couple weeks. Keep focused. Keep driving. And remember that defense wins fantasy. We'll see you guys next week.